Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I didn't even First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hello again, everybody. Uh, Ed Kratz here, your co-host of Eagles Unfiltered, joined by John McMullen. We are your Eagle Mavens with SI.com and Fan Nation. And uh, today is Wednesday, about 24 hours until the Eagles kick off their preseason opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lincoln Financial Field. And uh, it may only be the preseason, but I, I feel pretty excited that, you know, we're going to get some football. We're going to get to see some of these guys that we've been watching and writing and talking about for the past two weeks. We're going to finally get to see them against other uh, other players. How, how are you feeling about this whole thing, John? Well, it's. I think it's a little bit more exciting than usual. I mean, we didn't have a preseason game last year, obviously, so this is the first one since 2019. I was, you know – a little bit interested to see what Nick Sirianni said yesterday. He kind of admitted, look, he thinks he has the advantage as uh, far as other teams not having uh, the Eagles on tape and what they're going to do offensively and defensively. So I do think it's going to be very vanilla. He kind of admitted that. So I think people need to put that in the back of their mind. Uh, but, yeah, you want to see evaluate players – and specifically, let's let's be honest, it's got to start with Jalen Hurts, and it's got to start against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. The Steelers, obviously, will be doing the same thing. But I think the good part of it, uh, as far as them being vanilla, it's still a different defense than the Eagles run. So, you know, you get into that groove of training camp, like you're like me, you got to think about what day it is. Every day runs together. You see the same players every time you're running against the same team so to to look at a different defense that just plays the game differently and Pittsburgh's kind of unique with that three four look and how they play I think that's going to be helpful for Jalen Hurts in the offense yeah we can start with Hurts um you know you mentioned that you know Sirianni did say it's going to be kind of a vanilla type game plan what what's going to be nice to see from Hurts is and you talked about this in, in a story you wrote uh, for SI.com, uh, Eagle Maven, about Hurts and maybe being a better game player than he is a practice player. And that's because of that skill set that he brings that, you know, when he starts rolling outside the pocket, Nick Sirianni said his assistant coach, uh, Tyler Scudder, is kind of quick to blow the whistle for a sack or to end the play. But I think that's one area we'll be able to see Hurts. Uh, 
either excel or not do well in against Pittsburgh is after he leaves the pocket. What does he do then? How does he create? How does he keep a play alive? When does he run? When does he decide to throw the ball away? I mean, obviously that was one of Carson Wentz's big issues last year was he really held on to the ball way too long. Uh, and, you know, sometimes he didn't hold on to it correctly and he fumbled it. So, you know, I think a good benchmark for Hertz in game one here is to just play turnover free football, be efficient, you know, pick up some first downs, look good, you know, uh, with the, with the limited number of passing plays, I think they're going to show um, and, and, and see where he can build from there. Um, because like, you, you know, you've said, I've said, a lot of people have said that he hasn't looked that sharp in practice uh, on a consistent basis. So that, that's something I'd like to see from Hertz on Thursday night. Yeah, and you you kind of look at it and say, well, maybe this is an excuse from the Eagles, but it does make sense. I mean, in practice, number one, you can't practice off-schedule stuff. You just can't practice that. Uh, number two, you are going to blow the wrist, whistle really quickly. You are going to protect the quarterback in a live environment, maybe breaks the tackle, maybe it extends a play, maybe it turns into a splash play. So, in a lot of ways, yeah, maybe Jalen Hurts is going to be a game day player versus a practice player. I, I never think that makes a coach comfortable because you can't practice that kind of stuff. So I I do think they're a little worried about it from that standpoint. But Ed, I think what you bring up that, that rings true to me is decision-making. I want to see the decision-making. Even in a vanilla environment, I don't want to see throws in the double coverage. I don't want to see risky plays like that. I want to see more of a, uh, a, a taking care of the football sentiment, taking care of the football mentality. And obviously, when you're a playmaker, sometimes that could be a, a, a difficult line to toe. So I think throughout the preseason, that's probably the number one thing I'm going to be looking at, and that's Jalen Hurts' decision-making from play to play. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, I know, you know, the Eagles have been in camp now, I think 11 practices who uh, let's try to f- drill down a little bit on maybe the five best players we've seen uh, so far in camp, uh, both on offense and defense. And this would correlate into Thursday night's game as well, because, um, you know, I would expect everybody is going to play everybody that's healthy is going to play. That doesn't include Andre Dillard. That's a, or, that's a big list. That's like 15 deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Highlighted by Dillard and, yeah. and, and Kayvon Wallace, you know, two days before the game, they go out and suffer week to week type injuries. I mean, that's, that's huge. Uh, big losses for them, not so much in terms of the team, but for them and, and getting ready for the regular season, especially Wallace who didn't have any uh, preseason work last year, certainly would have been a big benefit for him. Uh, to see some preseason games and maybe he will after this groin injury uh, you know he he gets that under control but who are would you say are some of the best players you know you can name five if you want um, that you've seen yeah I think it starts with Josh Sweat I think mainly you got to look at the defensive side of the football because they dominated throughout much of the camp I start with Josh Josh Sweat who's been just consistently good um, and ironically, I mean, he's he's, uh, you know, doing it on a contract year. So it's obviously very good for him. But the ironic part to me is Derek Barnett's been really good as well. Yeah. And obviously you say, who's going to play between Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett? Well, Jonathan Gannon is already on record saying he considers them both starters. 
you see moving Derek Barnett over to the left side. So you're going to see these multiple looks he's done. He's moving Brandon Graham all over inside, outside, even a, a rookie like Milton Williams inside, outside. You know, Fletcher Cox might be playing nose tackle, might be playing his normal under technique. So he's moving those guys up front all around. And I think you're going to see both of those guys play. So it starts with them up front for me. Zach McPherson, we've talked a lot about the rookie cornerback. You know, that's mainly against the second and third teams. I also look at Steven Nelson, his physicality. I think he's brought a lot to this team. Occasionally gets beat deep. I think he's going to have trouble with really speedy guys. But I've been surprised just how physical he is. Uh, on the offensive side of the football, I think you look down the depth chart uh, uh, as far as playmakers. I look at Quaz Watkins, and I thought it was interesting. We asked Darius Slay yesterday, who's the best receiver you've seen in camp? Remember, Devontae Smith is injured, but he said Quaz Watkins. Called him ugly Quaz, but he called him <laughs> Quaz Watkins. He said Quaz Watkins, so that tells you a lot. And, and by the way, Darius does that to everybody, so he's not picking on, on, on Quaz Watkins. But uh, and then the guy I'm enamored with, my camp crush, and I can't be the only one, is Tyree Jackson. Now, granted, you know, third string developmental prospect. I'm not trying to say he's ready right now, but I'm finding a way to keep him on this team. I compare him to Jordan Mailata during his first year, his second year, where he wasn't ready to play, but the Eagles kept him on the back end of the roster just to make sure uh, somebody else couldn't pluck him off waivers. I see that with Tyree Jackson. And then I think the best offensive player in the camp, the Josh Sweat of the offense, I'm going Zach Ertz, Ed. Yeah, and the I best would. offensive player in this camp. That's in my opinion. Yeah, you know, a lot was made of Zach wearing his shorts inside out, dyeing his hair blonde, and the conversation that he had with Howie Roseman early in camp for several minutes on the side of the field. Um, yeah, I think Ertz has really showed up big. Um, I thought it was interesting after that Sunday night practice at Lincoln Financial Field that he was one of the players that stayed after and ran the wind sprints with Jalen Hurts and some of the other receivers. Zach Ertz was part of that crew doing it. Um, Listen, I mean, we all know that they tried to unload Zach. They've been trying to get rid of Zach Ertz so all, you know, the last few months, but they haven't been able to do it. He's still here and he's still going out there and showing that, you know, he wants to be involved uh, in this offense, that he will be involved. He's just a true professional. And I agree. He's looked really good in camp. How much he plays on Thursday night. Certainly one of my storylines to watch because I'm not sure how often they're going to play him, especially when you look at New England. They just lost Hunter Henry, who always seems to get hurt, uh, just suffered a shoulder injury. He's going to miss a couple weeks now. You know, is that enough for New England to call Howie Roseman and say, hey, what do you want for Zach Ertz? And would Howie pull the trigger uh, on Zach Ertz? Because let's be honest, we haven't seen Richard Rodgers do a whole heck of a lot in camp, the veteran they brought in late. And you mentioned Tyree Jackson. And man, I I'm excited about him, too. Just he's such a big target. Uh, I don't think he's gotten any first-team reps against the first-team defense uh, in camp. So that's something I'd like to see. And I'm not sure he's going to get that against Pittsburgh because I think Goddard's going to play and and Ertz will get some snaps and and maybe even Richard Rodgers ahead of Jackson. But I would like to see him uh, get some first-team reps. And maybe at some point – 
uh, you know, during these next couple weeks, he will do that. You know, the Patriots come in for practice Monday and Tuesday, then they play on Thursday and maybe they'll work Jackson into some more first team rep action to see how he can do against some first team defenses. Um, but certainly, you know, he would be on my list of, of, you know, the five best players in camp. And I think someone you didn't mention that I would put on my list is Darius Slay. I think Slay has had a really yeah, I put really, too many corners on there. Yeah, I was I, trying well, to I, not you know, put all the corners. <laughs> yeah, I had Nelson and McPherson. Yeah. And hard to argue with those two. I, I might have to take issue with Nelson. I think he has brought a physicality, but um, you know, he's still kind of to me looking, he's feeling his way in this defense a little bit. But I think Slay has just been very, very good breaking up passes, um, very good coverage, tight coverage. And he's just been kind of a leader uh, in that secondary, a fun-loving guy that keeps things light. Um, but I would certainly have Slay on that list as well. Um, and Quez, you mentioned Quez Watkins. I might even put Travis Fulgham on there. I thought Fulgham has looked pretty good at times. Um, you know, he's going to be counted on, I think, a lot uh, this season, the big-bodied receiver. Um, so I would put Fulgham on that as well. But uh, how about five players, John, that maybe haven't been as noticeable or, or have been kind of so-called disappointments so far in camp? Anybody come to mind? And, and before I just want to clarify on Slay. He's been the best corner. I It's one of yeah. those things where I expect it from him, and it's been like a pass breakup parade out there. The corners have been so good. I didn't expect this from Nelson and McPherson, so I, I went in that direction. But as far sort of like on offense, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, you kind of expect them to play at a high level. Um, same thing I have with Darius Slay on the defense. Uh, for guys who haven't maybe taken that next step, I think it's got to start with Andre Dillard. I, I think, you know, the default setting, no matter what anybody said, was they were going to give the 2019 first-round pick at every opportunity to win this job. He wasn't able to do it. They are still rotating. They are into the preseason, still give him an opportunity to show up, and then he sprains in the knee. So it's pretty clear at least early in the season, I think you got to go with Jordan Mylotta at left tackle. Then if you stay on that offensive line, I think Jack Driscoll's a player I wanted to see take a big step forward. I don't necessarily think he's done that. He struggled as they tried to cross-train and put him inside where defensive linemen get on you a little bit quicker. I think he struggled with that um, a little bit, but I, you know, I still think he's got a chance to turn things around. Jalen Rager just – you mentioned Quez Watkins, Travis Fulgham. They've both been better than Jalen Rager. And that, to me, is maybe the biggest disappointment because the Eagles need Jalen Rager to be a big part of this offense. And obviously, we know the off-the-field issues. A childhood friend was murdered, didn't take that, wasn't in a good mental state when training camp started, failed a conditioning test, so that's been an issue. Um, and then Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts. And I wrote about it, as you mentioned, on, on SI.com, Eagles Maven. You know, we better hope he's a game day player because he hasn't been a practice player. And he hasn't looked like a starting quarterback to me. I get a lot of hate mail every day. I'll get more hate mail for this. I always say, do you want to be lied to or do you want to be told the truth? Hasn't looked like an NFL starting quarterback in training camp. 
Uh, I'll give you one of mine who I think has kind of been a bit of a disappointment. I, I mean, Miles Sanders, to me, just needs to catch the ball better than he's shown so far. I mean, that was a big issue with him last year. Too many drops. We've seen too many drops so far in training camp. I mean, I know he's going to be, you know, he's the number one running back. He's the guy they're going to hand the ball to. But um, in this offense, you need your running backs to catch the football. And if Miles Sanders can't do that consistently, that's going to be a problem. Um, we've seen too many drops from him, uh, in my opinion, during camp, uh, and, and there's no excuse for it. You know, he catches the ball fine off to the side when he's, when he's working on it. Amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He catches but, everything off to the side. But then you put him in these team drills and he'll drop an easy slant over the middle. And, um, I, I don't know if it's focus or, or concentration or, or what it is, but whatever it is. He needs to clean it up because we saw it last year. And if it becomes a problem in the first month of the season, you know, we'll see what Nick Sirianni chooses to do about that. But he needs to clean that up. So I would add him to one of my uh, disappointments or, or, you know, guys that haven't really shown so much in training camp uh, yet. And again, there's still some camp days left and a couple preseason games to get that worked out. But how about uh, John, some under the radar type guys, you know, obviously the guys you're going to want to watch are Jalen Hurts and, you know, the big names, um, you know, you want to watch that offensive line, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, if he's back and, you know, what, what can Fletcher Cox do and Brandon Graham, not sure how long those veterans are going to play, but <laughs> who are, uh, you know, a handful of players would that you think, you know, maybe under the, uh, under the radar type guys that you'll be wanting to see something from th- uh, Thursday night. Well, because you started on the offensive line, I'll continue there. And I'm going to butcher his name, but Coyote. Coyote, <laughs> um, I was Awasika. Coyote Awasika, I think has been, you know, pretty good as an undrafted free agent. You know, he went to Buffalo with Tyree Jackson, uh, actually had a pretty successful career. The Eagles are kind of well-known for mining this talent. You know, maybe it has a lot, lot to do with Jeff Stoutland. But he looks to me as an undrafted guy who who looks like a potential NFL player. Then I want to look at these linebackers. You know, Alex Singleton is back. You know, we mentioned disappointing players. You can't even really get to the defense. Nobody, at least with the first team, has been disappointing. I, I can't point to somebody that's been disappointing. I don't think Kayvon Wallace has made a ton of splash plays before he got injured, but I thought he was fine out there. It's interesting to me the way Jonathan Gannon has handled the linebacker situation. Now that Alex Singleton is back from the COVID list, it looks like he's starting to settle down with Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. But, you know, unfortunately, Davion Taylor uh, is hurt. He's not going to be able to play early in the preseason. I was looking forward. I thought he was taking a big step forward. But you look at guys like Sean Bradley from there, TJ Edwards, is he a fit for this defense? Uh, So I'm really interested at at that position. And then I do want to see Zach McPherson, a player I I said earlier, I want to see him a team against a different offense. I'd love to see him get some first team reps and see how far along he is because he has looked tremendous in training camp. But again, it's against second and third team uh, offense, pretty much. I'd love to see him get a little bit of of a splash. He's sort of the defensive version of Quez Watkins. I want to see Quez Watkins get first team reps uh, and see if that can translate. Um, So those are some of the players 
uh, that I'm interesting under the radar because nobody's thinking about, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to write about this at some point in the coming days that nobody's thinking about this defense anymore. When we came into this training camp, we're like, how, how the heck are they going to get anything done defensively in the back seven? Now we don't even talk about it because they've been so solid from, from day to day in this training camp. And I, I joked it's gone from lowered expectations to maybe unrealistic expectations because now everybody thinks they're fine. And I don't know if the talent is there, so I want to see, especially at the linebacker position, how some of those second-tier guys have improved or not improved. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look at some more rookies. You mentioned Zach McPherson. I, I want to see Patrick Johnson. You know, he he's kind of being cross-trained at linebacker. Sometimes he hits the defensive end spot and rushes. Uh, and I want to see Milton Williams. I mean, he's played every spot along that uh, line, the third-round defensive tackle. He looks really strong. Uh, really fast off the ball. He's number 93. Patrick Johnson, I believe, is number 48. 48. Yes, 48. The guy you mentioned, Coyote, is number 72. Some fans may not be familiar with these numbers, but uh, but I like those two those rookies. And even you could throw Marlon Tua Tua Polo in there at a defensive tackle. I think he's going to see some time. You know, I don't know what his future holds, if he's going to make the roster, but, you know, he's certainly a sturdy run defender. Uh, and the Steelers like to run the ball. Uh, so I think guys like Williams and Tua Tua Polo, the guys on the D-line, uh, we'll see how they hold up against the run. And then, you know, another guy I want to see is Joe Osman, who is looks like, you know, he's playing a lot of linebacker in camp. You know, he's learning how to cover. Um, you know, he, he's a smart kid, uh, really hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity here in Philadelphia so far. He tore his ACL a couple years ago, but I want to see Joe Osman, what he can do. They're kind of cross-training him like they are with Johnson uh, between linebacker and DN. So those are some guys uh, that I'll be watching for. Yeah, and I should have mentioned that that sort of jogs my memory. Gennard Avery is a guy people don't think about. You know, the Eagles put out their first unofficial depth chart. Gennard Avery is the starter at Sam linebacker. That's sort of the, the hybrid role that you're talking about that Joe Osman has been playing. Patrick Johnson has been playing. Ultimately, I think Ryan Kerrigan will end up there. Um, he's out for a little bit after uh, minor thumb surgery. Uh, some other, you know, Jacoby Stevens, I wish, is hurt. Uh, that mm-hmm. would be a guy that would have been on the top of my list as one of those linebackers. Remember, he's making the transition uh, from safety to linebacker. Um and was a playmaker at LSU. That kind of reminds you of Jalen Mills. He has some of that versatility. Um, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to go. Craig James is in a boot. He's not going to be able to go. He's been really effective at times as a, a third corner trying to jockey back and forth with Zach McPherson. So a lot of guys that you want to see are going to be out as well, and that's a little bit unfortunate. You saw Michael Walker. He got hurt. He's gone. I mean, that's kind of happens. If you're if you're a bubble guy, this is a tough, tough industry, man. You get hurt and yeah. back of the line. Yep. Well, one guy you know who is hurt that we're not going to see, Devontae Smith. I mean, it'll be two weeks on Saturday since he suffered that knee sprain that's kept him out. Um, and to me, you know, one of my concerns coming in, and I was kind of talked out of this concern, was that 166-pound weight factor. How would he hold up in the NFL? And on day four of his first professional camp, boom, knee sprain. He hasn't seen the field. I mean, he's been out there, yeah. 
but he's not doing anything except catching passes here and there from the jugs machine. But, you know, it would be great to see him show up on Thursday night, but he's not going to be there. Now maybe he'll return when the Patriots come to town on Monday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how close he is. Uh, Like I said, two weeks Saturday will be when he suffered that injury was listed as week to week. So uh, let's see how much he can do next week. But again, it's something to monitor. If he returns and gets hurt again, you know, that's not good. That's not a good sign. So mark me down as officially concerned about Devontae Smith again, like I was going into the draft, although I was talked out of that concern because of the weight. Um, But now I'm concerned again. Uh, And until he proves that he can stay on the field, consistently i mean four days and you're hurt come on let's go you know you you gotta gotta give me something more than that so i would love to see what he can do and it's interesting because the eagles have been i think extra cautious in this camp we've seen it with brandon brooks and isaac sayamalo we're finally getting back to practice and doing some individual work they're not going to play on thursday as well you can almost guarantee that but you don't worry about veteran players. I mean, you can be cautious. You know they're going to – if they're healthy, they're going to go week one, September 12th in Atlanta. Rookie player, look, as talented as Devontae Smith is, even now he's missed so many reps as a rookie player. I think everybody goes back to last year, and they understand because of the whole, you know, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Buffalo, and they say, wow, look how good Justin Jefferson was. Look, he, he didn't start basically for his first month uh, because you have a ramp up period as a rookie player in this league. There's a lot to learn. And the fact that Devontae Smith has already missed so many reps, I'm already concerned from that standpoint. So I don't even get to the health standpoint. I realize they're going to be cautious. Bottom line, Ed, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Devontae Smith in the preseason. They have him in that, in that category of this just get him to the regular season healthy. I think he's going to be ready. I think he's going to be healthy for week one, but is he going to be ready to go from a football standpoint? It's too much to expect of a rookie to treat him like he's Brandon Brooks or Lane Johnson or some of these veterans that get all these maintenance days. Right. I, I think if he's healthy – if it's Monday when the Patriots are here or two, I, you got to play him. You got to get him out there. You got to get him reps. Um, you can't treat him with kid gloves. I mean, listen, this is a big man's league. Let's see if he can hang with the big men. I, I, I have concerns now. It's a concern for me. Um, but we'll see. Uh, let's listen. Let's wrap this up. Um, big, big night Thursday night in South Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. 7 p.m. kickoff. John and I will be there. And we'll have more for you coming out of that game. Again, thanks again for listening, and we will see you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.